Jackson Mahomes did some cringe stuff again. The NFL Combine is in the books. Nick Saban is mad about the proposed schedule for the SEC. Rara Thomas got his charges dropped. The Grizzlies are imploding. And how do I feel about Derek Carter, the Saints? It might be March. It might be time for March Madness. But we've got a lot of news to break down on this episode of Jake's Take. Let's go. What is going on, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to Jake's Take. As always, I'm your host, Jacob Sorman, at Jake's Take Podcast, at Jake's Take 14. Joining me back from her brief, I guess you could call it sabbatical, of one episode is my co-host, Christy. Hi. And you can find Christy on Instagram and TikTok at ChristyMarie underscore double zero. And as always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network at Variety underscore sport underscore. Your home for all different sports and different forms and varieties. Well, first things first, Christy, before we dive into anything really related to whether it's the Combine or anything in regards to the South, we've got some Jackson Mahomes news. Uh, Yeah, I feel like there's always news with him. And actually, like this past season, we didn't see a whole lot of him. So I was hoping maybe he calmed down, but I don't think that's the case. No, he definitely has not. I feel like once they got to the Super Bowl, this was, I think, how he looked at it as, I can do anything I want because my brother's the quarterback. And, I mean, Jason Kelsey isn't acting like this. He is not going around and saying, my brother's the best tight end in the AFC, if not in the NFL, and I can act like a doofus. See, and that's why... I don't even understand his whole, like, motto. Like, what has he done to earn himself a name? He hasn't done anything. Right. He has people who like him on TikTok, but those people don't see, I guess, the sides of him where he was disruptive on game day, where he danced on John Taylor's memorial. Uh, Yeah, and I wonder how many of his followers our actual fans and how many follow him just to kind of see all of the ridiculous stunts that he pulls. I mean, there is a video that came out, I think one time where they were out to dinner and Brittany and Jackson are just sitting there dancing and Patrick just looks like he's over everything. Well, and Brittany's another story, but I mean, I feel like the wife, I guess they got married. I don't even know, but the wife has a little more leeway. Like, But as just the little brother, I don't know. It's just weird. I think he just needs to grow up. And this isn't something where I don't think Patrick wants to keep having this conversation with him because, you know, he is, you know, the quarterback of the Super Bowl champs and he has two kids Mm -hmm. and he's not just going to walk around and say, oh, well, yeah, you messed up again. So here's how you apologize. No, you need to take action for yourself. Right. I just know that many people don't like you right now. Right. And now it's especially because it's like a legal thing. So if you haven't seen, he has been accused of assaulting a waitress and kind of forcibly kissing her. Yeah, it was that he was assaulting a waiter and then he force kissed the owner. I think he left a mark on her neck, too. Yeah. And then Jackson Mahomes' attorney thinks nothing is wrong. So maybe he's as delusional as the thousands of followers Jackson Mahomes has on TikTok. Yeah. And I, you know, part of me wants to give him the benefit of the doubt. Like, 
obviously we're only seeing like what like five seconds of a video you don't know what led up to it there's really no sound that you can really hear what's happening so there could be more to the story but with his past track track record and the reputation he has set for himself you it just makes you think like the story that you're hearing is true yeah but i mean the reason why we're so quick to you know say that it might be true is because he has done stuff like this before right yeah and it's just really sad to see like you said to see it continue and especially just to bring such bad light on the family yeah especially because you know patrick mahomes has always done what's asked you know he's never been arrested he's never had anything bad happen to him he comes and he does everything and you know sports fans are going to know him as one of the best quarterbacks Mm -hmm. in the late 2010s early 2020s but now people are just going to say oh yeah well by the way his brother's super annoying like you know cooper manning was never this annoying no and uh, yeah i just i wish not not that i wish he would go away but i just wish we could talk about patrick mahomes without talking about his brother and i think that's just he's making it really hard to do see that's the thing we were able to when patrick mahomes first started out i don't know where he came from yeah i i don't know it's like once tiktok came around like he he was everywhere yeah which is kind of true but enough about that before we get really mad about anything else (laughs) Um, moving on to our next topic, the NFL Combine is in the books, and why does it matter that Bryce is 5'10"? <laughs> yeah, this is probably going to make me more angry than the Jackson Mahomes thing. I don't know why we are just now focusing on his height if that is such an issue, because it wasn't an issue when he won the Heisman. It wasn't an issue when he did all the things he did at Alabama, so why is it an issue now? So... I don't know why, but the same things were happening with Devontae Smith. Mm-hmm. And, and, and right. I understand that they're worried about, you know, his weight. He'll put weight on. He'll bulk up. Yeah, and I feel like as a quarterback, yes, you need to be strong and have weight, but you don't need to be, like, tight end strong. I mean, you know, think about – there are other quarterbacks who are the same height mm-hmm. as he is. You know, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray's shorter than him. Right. It's become a very, you know, a big change in college football where instead of having quarterbacks who are going to be, you know, 6'3", six, 6'4", six, and 240 pounds, you're going with quarterbacks who are 6'2", and maybe even shorter, and they're a lot – about 210 yeah and they actually work out better in some cases i mean they can kind of scramble through holes a lot easier because they are smaller sometimes you run a lot faster when you have less muscle mass less weight on you so there are pros to it i mean two is six foot jalen hurts mm-hmm. is six two and mac yeah. is six three ish six four no yeah. one said anything about jalen's height right I, and not in college, not today. Like, it's never been brought up. But, of course, they're not saying anything about Stetson Bennett, who is, oh, I don't know, 5'11"? Well, yeah, I don't think 
many people are talking about him at all. <laughs> no, because he should be literally anywhere else besides trying to try out. He reminds me a lot of Brandon Whedon. I know people don't remember that name. But Brandon yeah. Whedon came in as a rookie, and he was like close to 30. Right. Yeah. I I mean, you know, the saying you peaked in high school, I think Stetson peaked in college. So. Yeah. But enough about that. What I've seen recently, though, is that so many of our SEC players are actually trending down after the combine. You know, Will Anderson and Nolan Smith are still doing fine. Darnell Washington still doing fine. So I'm not worried about them. But really with this, what I'm worried about, once again, you know, the Bryce Young height debate. But then Kenny McIntosh, you know, he had his struggles. Kayshawn Boutte, Trey Dean, and even Jalen Carter. So I feel like right now, you know, it's kind of the stuff that happens really with these players. And maybe they can fix it on their pro day. Right. And I feel like I know we talked about this before. I don't remember who said it, but someone wanted to, like, get rid of the combine. And I feel like this kind of proves that point. Like, this is not the be all end all to like who's who in football. Like, you have to look at their past, their stats, what kinds of teams they were successful on. Because when you see their skills in isolation, they may look worse or they may look better than in an actual game. Yeah, and I mean, like, you know, we've talked about it before. Orlando Brown Jr., terrific offensive tackle at Oklahoma, had such a poor combine performance. And that lowered his draft stock. I think he was drafted, you know, in the much later rounds. He's been able to win a Super Bowl with the Kansas City Chiefs. And I feel like with it, it just, you know, doesn't really, you know, treat the players right. No, I don't think they should hold so much weight on NFL combine performance. Yeah, I mean, I think with this, maybe you're right. Maybe we should get rid of the NFL combine because Mm -hmm. this will give us a chance to, oh, I don't know, stop looking at project quarterbacks. Uh, Well, this is another thing. And I assume you're referring to Anthony Richardson when you say that. I am 100% (laughs) referring to Anthony Richardson. So it's the same thing for him. He does better when you see his skills in isolation, but you put him in a game, high pressure or not, and he can't perform. I mean, if you look at high school through college, like he is not impressive. No, he's not. But everyone thinks he is. And the last time this happened was with Zach Wilson. This happened with Johnny Manziel. This happened with Jamarcus Russell. Do you notice a trend? Right, and you stick any college quarterback out there with a wide receiver at the combine, you have no pressure. Nobody's trying to sack you. Like, of course you're going to throw dimes all day. The same story is in regards to Tom Brady. Now, I know you love Tom Brady, and you also sometimes have this weird relationship with him. (laughs) I know, it's a love-hate thing. But when the Tom Brady documentary came out in, like, Mm -hmm. 2009, 2010, they were talking about intangibles. Mm-hmm. And intangibles are how can this quarterback perform under pressure? Right. How can this quarterback perform when you have three guys in his face? How can this quarterback perform in two-minute drill? And just questions like this. Mm-hmm. The combine hasn't shown any of that. Because if you look at Bryce in two-minute drill, Bryce is amazing in two-minute right. drill. 
So now I'm, combine is showing you how fast can you run? How high can you jump? How strong are you? How far can which you Which works like, for certain players. Yes. Like, I think it's beneficial for wide receivers, for running backs, mm-hmm. for tight ends. Not really beneficial for O-line. I agree. So I don't know. Maybe you keep parts of the combine and, I don't know, tailor it to fit the other positions. I don't know the answer, but... I don't think the NFL Combine should be the end of the story. No. I mean, you know, that's why Bryce is throwing his pro day. Because that's the thing about your pro day is that you can have other players who are there. He might be throwing, you know, passes to Cameron Lawtu. He might be throwing (laughs) passes to, you know, players he knows. But it's also that this is his time to shine. Right. And, you know, these experts who have been around for so many years are delusional. Well, except for Jason, because he's, you know, perfect in my eyes. <laughs> yeah. I just think, I don't know. It's like you get to the combine and you forget about what all these players have done in their past, bad or good. No, absolutely. But speaking of good, we've got a potential riser in Jameer Gibbs. I am so happy about this. You know, Gibbs was one of my favorites last season, and I wish we could have seen him do more. But he even compared himself to Alvin Kamara, which kind of weird right now with all the drama going on. Yeah. But as a player and skills-wise, I can see that, and I really like that comparison. But if he's still available at 29 when the Saints are drafting and more of the Saints later, they should definitely take him. Oh, for sure. And I think now that they've signed Derek Carr, which we'll talk about later, that needs to be one of their main focuses. Another main focus in this draft is going to be Jalen Carter. Now, I know that you had mentioned on Christie's Corner that he had left and come back and he <laughs> was, you know, complying with it. But there's still a lot of baggage with this pick. Yeah, I mean, because it's still an open investigation. I don't know how long it's going to go on. And, I mean, the draft is coming soon. I imagine this case is not going to be closed or settled by then. So it's really hard to tell what's going to happen with him. It's really just going to depend on what teams are willing to take on. Yeah, I feel like with this... You know, he used to be the safe choice, but mm-hmm. now the safe choice is Will Anderson, which we like. We love the fact that right. Will is not considered the safe choice because Will did everything right yeah. in college, and I don't think he was ever accused of anything. No. But now, you know, this is something where with Georgia, they've literally had the worst offseason ever. Uh, yeah, and we'll talk about that more, but. It's really, truly that curse after the championship. No, I definitely agree. And on to our next point in regards to the SEC. There's talks about the SEC having a new schedule. Uh, yeah, Nick Saban's not a fan. I don't know if I'm a fan. I I don't know. I'm kind of indifferent as of right now. I'm indifferent too because that means they're getting rid of the divisions. Yeah, and I feel like that was coming, especially with – Texas and Oklahoma joining. So I think it's just kind of the setup for that. So that wasn't so much of a shock, I don't think. I don't think it was a shock, but basically how it's looking right now is that Alabama will play Auburn, LSU, and Tennessee, and then they would have six rotation games. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you know, they always have to play the Iron Bowl. 
and they always have to play the third Saturday in <laughs> October. But there's only been really one year recently that Tennessee's been good yeah. when playing Alabama. So I don't really know how to feel about this because what if you give Georgia, oh, I don't know, Missouri, Vanderbilt, and Tennessee? Yeah, and that's the thing. This was supposed to be, like, you're supposed to get the three permanent teams and it was supposed to be, like, a fair, balanced choice. I I don't see the fair and balanced. I think it's also that right now they saw what Alabama did in Mm -hmm. that – COVID season where we played in only an SEC and basically, you know, destroyed everyone. Yeah. And I see that, but you don't have the same team, the same coaching staff every year. So I feel like making something so permanent for any team is kind of scary. I mean, I think they should just stick with the divisions. No, I, I agree. And then, you know, just put, well, I don't know, like, I don't know which team I would want in the West or which team I would want in the East mm-hmm. because, I mean, you know, we have Missouri. I don't know why yeah. we have Missouri. I don't know. Um. So, and you know, A&M is in mm-hmm. the West and Texas and Texas A&M actually used to be really big rivals. So I feel like that makes right. sense. But then with Oklahoma, they're so far away yeah. from Georgia, South Carolina and all of them. Yeah, it's really odd. I mean, I know they looked at a lot. Well, they say they looked at a lot of different things. I would have liked to been like on that committee, even just to listen to their reasoning, because some of it just does not make sense. No, it doesn't. And I mean, the SEC was expected to choose a team's three permanent opponents based on Mm -hmm. primary and secondary rivalries, geographical footprints, and balance and parity. I understand Alabama's, but. Well, everyone hates Georgia because, you know, they (laughs) bargain everyone. Yeah, just the fan base. No one wants to go there. (laughs) No, so, I mean, I think with with this, you know, I understand that we need to do something, but if it isn't broke, don't fix it. Right. No, I agree. And I feel like there's still a better way they could have done this. Like some kind of lottery system where you just, you know, pick a team and play them each year and then throw them out until you get back to them. I don't know. No, absolutely. I mean, like rotating that in or something right. because you know we we always play Arkansas, so now you're that yeah. was kind of a rivalry. But yeah, it was starting to become one, and now you're just throwing that away. Yeah. So, and I mean, I understand it's going to be well. You know, what about Alabama, Tennessee? We want to mm-hmm. keep that one, but yeah. you know, with Alabama, LSU, that's you know when you have to keep it. You have to keep the Iron Bowl. But yeah, you can't get rid of the Alabama Arkansas game. No, I don't. I don't think so. So I mean, we'll check back in with that. They're going to be discussing it. But mm-hmm. you know, you got two people who are not for that change. So add us to Nick Saban's club for that. <laughs> uh, but moving on to our next point in Christie's favorite discussion <laughs> topic: basketball. You know, it's so sad. Like I finally saw the Memphis. Memphis Grizzlies in all the news, and it was not good news. <laughs> no, it is really bad. They are basically imploding yeah. at this rate. I mean, you know, one of their starters is hurt. Brandon Clark ruptured his Achilles, I believe. Mm-hmm. 
The Grizzlies team is two and four in games since the all-star break. Dylan Brooks was just suspended because he got so many technicals in the season. And John Moran just got suspended because uh, he showed a gun on his Instagram live. Yeah, in a nightclub of all places. First of all, I feel like in today's world, like I'm not even sure how you get a gun in a nightclub. I feel like they have if they don't have a metal detector, they at least have those like wands, you know? Well, the thing that everyone is so worried about with Jaw is the how he's changed over the past year because mm -hmm. he used to be someone that everyone's rooting for. Now everyone's pissed off at him. Right. Well, I mean, with this kind of behavior in today's world, I mean in all the sports world alone with everybody getting in so much trouble, like you just have to be smarter than that. You know, there were talks about how the Pelicans should have drafted John Moran mm -hmm. over Zion. Now that jaw has been having all this stuff happen to him recently, I feel like, you know, yes, it sucks that I've seen Zion get hurt and not play a full season, but I feel like the Pelicans fans would be so mad if they were hearing stuff about, you know, their first overall pick oh, yeah. is, you know, getting busted at gun at mm -hmm. the club, got in a fight with a 17 year old, mm. had to basically go to the mall and threaten a security guard. And then also pit like pointed a laser pointer at other people. <laughs> so it's just so childish. Right. And, like how the Grizzlies were handling it, they're just saying it as, oh, he's away from the team. No, just say, hey, don't do that. Yeah. And like you said, like you put so much trust into somebody and you're going to draft them that high and you have so much respect for them. And then for them to just treat your team like that. The other thing that's so crazy is that he grew up in the suburbs in South Carolina. He has a basketball hoop in his backyard. Like a basketball yeah. court in his backyard. Yeah. So everyone is so concerned about like, what do you have to prove? You had a really good life. Mm -hmm. The only thing that you struggled with was getting a scholarship to college and you got one and you made it to the NBA and now you're acting like you've accomplished nothing. Right, dude. Honestly, acting like a thug. <laughs> so right now, you know, the Memphis Grizzlies are struggling. They might implode. I mean, they're still second in the West, but right now, you know, they've lost a few games. We don't know how long Jaw's going to be away, and we don't know how this team is going to work because last year they were in a similar situation, but last year they didn't have a giant target on their back like they did this year. Yeah, maybe I need to stop watching. Maybe I'm bad luck. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, I also just know that there's a lot of games that you have to keep up with, so. Yeah. It's definitely a lot harder. And moving on back to football in regards to what we were talking about earlier. So Rara Thomas transferred from Mississippi State mm -hmm. to Georgia, had his charges dropped. Right. And there's some kind of maybe you know more. He made like some kind of deal. I'm not I don't know if it was a plea deal or what it was. So I think it was something that his attorney had set up. So he's going to go through pre-trial diversion for a misdemeanor level offense of family violence battery. He assaulted mm. someone, but we don't know the right. extent of the assault. It was basically that they just had said, oh, yeah, he assaulted someone. And that's it. 
And Georgia has given no update. And I feel like the pressure is going to be on because I know Georgia starts practicing, I think, next week. They do. I believe um, I believe it's their spring break next week. Mm-hmm. So I think with this, you know, this, like I said, this offseason has not been good for Georgia. And they have not no. handled any of this well. No, they really haven't, which really surprises me in Kirby Smart. And I feel like, you know, he's not saying anything, but I feel like at some point when it's like story after story, you do have to call a press conference. No, absolutely. And he hasn't yet. And I don't know if it's something that he's been talking with the boosters about or the board about. Yeah. I don't know if the board's just like, oh, well, we just, you know, need to focus on this because even though Stetson's not on the team anymore, mm-hmm. he's still linked to that university. It's as if, right. and you know, I'm not saying that Jacob Coker would ever do this, but let's say in the event that Jacob Coker got, you know, arrested for something. Mm-hmm. I don't think he ever will because he's Jacob Coker and he's <laughs> amazing. It would still be connected to Alabama and they would still ask questions to Nick Saban. They mm-hmm. did anything with Henry Ruggs. Right. And I was going to say that. And even there were players before the rug situation and Nick Saban made a point to say, like, you know, I give these players a second chance to try to get them off the streets so they don't do these things. So, you, I mean, you do have to address it. No. So I think with this, you know, it's a lot of questions to see what Georgia is going mm-hmm. to be doing. So I know that it's been a tough offseason for the Georgia Bulldogs, but shout out to the Kennesaw State Owls. Or potentially, actually, no, they are going to be making the March Madness bracket. So be sure to pick them if they are playing a potential, you know, school who's up to their level. But back to this, just had to give that shout out real quick. So, yeah, no, I mean, he's still suspended from the Mm -hmm. team. It's not good news for Georgia. They, they, They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what direction they're going in. And Kirby's just kind of sitting there not doing anything. Yeah, it's really interesting. I don't think anybody would have said after the championship game that the next season will be a rebuilding year for Georgia, but they are really heading down that road. You know, we talk about how there are certain teams or certain cities that need a culture rebuild. Looks Mm -hmm. like Georgia Bulldogs need one. Yeah, and like Kirby is such a good coach. Like, I don't understand why it's not starting with him. Maybe, and people can say that I'm wrong for this. Think about how Alabama had all those struggles with the type of players mm-hmm. this past season. Maybe yeah. this is something that Georgia is facing now. Yeah, that's true with all these NIL deals and everybody wanting to go there. And yeah, I mean, it's it definitely has affected all of college football. Yeah, so that's something to keep their eyes out for. And I mean, you know, Robert Thomas has to do anger management. Yeah. Yeah, I really wish we had more to the story. But when we do get more to the story, we will do our best to provide it. And Christy will always be on top of that because she always (laughs) predicts stuff like this. So what I do best. (laughs) And finally, to our final point, which we alluded to earlier, Derek Carr is going to the Saints. Are you happy? (laughs) I don't know how to feel. You know, I, I, I wanted Lamar Jackson. I know that's a huge ask. Yeah, but Lamar would have been, you know, great in the Big Easy, but it's a pretty good signing because, 
you know, he's a solid quarterback Mm -hmm. and there are some pretty good weapons around him. And Michael Thomas seems excited about it. Yeah, I saw him tweeting. I think his tweet was like, thank you, Jesus. And then something like that. Yeah, he was retweeting a bunch of positive things about Carr. So I don't think he's going anywhere on his terms. But I do think maybe there's a chance. I know people are going to be like, what? But I think the Saints could cut him. And I mean, it's like a salary cap issue, I think. So that's the thing with this whole situation with Derek Carr's new contract. So Mm -hmm. I think right now, because of how they are doing things, they had mentioned his contract and it was going to be that he's going to receive a 28 million signing bonus and his 50 million salary in 2026, but it's not guaranteed, Mm -hmm. but he is making a good bit. They might actually cut Jameis. Which yeah. definitely is, you know, pretty sad to see because, you know, Jameis wanted to be there. But mm-hmm. right now, you know, the deal is up to $150 million and it could include up to $100 million in guarantees. Right. So, and that's over a four-year contract. So, that's a lot. I feel like that's a lot of pressure. I know four years can go really fast, but I mean – if they have another season or even two seasons, give him two years and he doesn't do anything, you have to pay out $100 million. I don't know how you would sign another quarterback. See, that's the thing, though, too, is because Andy Dalton's a free agent. They mm. might cut Jameis. They'll probably restructure Taysom Hills. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing, though, too, is that they were also trying – Trying to get to Sean Watson last year. I'm glad they didn't because that was yeah. But yeah. then you also have to look at the defensive side of it because mm-hmm. you've got players like Marshawn Lattimore, mm-hmm. Mario Davis, and Cam Jordan. Those are three of the best players in the NFC at their positions. Yeah. So I feel like they're definitely building a good team. And I think this was a safe and kind of expected move and I think they can build around Derek Card to make it a super strong offense actually. I mean I think they could too, but it also comes down to Alvin Kamara's status. Yeah, and I'm not sure that we're gonna know much until maybe even over the summer or right I mean right when the season's starting next year. I mean they have a terrific wide receiver in Chris Olave. Mm-hmm. They have another great receiver that they had also drafted well no he was undrafted last year so I think with this you know they've got some pretty good players which is good Mm -hmm. but oh it's Raheem Shahid Raheem Shahid you know solid number two receiver who came on late but then you know you also had Marquez Callaway who's not as good Traquan Smith who's not as good so you need to address your wide receivers, but you also need to address a running back mm-hmm. and maybe another tight end. Yeah, I had all those on my list for what they need to focus on in the draft. And they also, I think, maybe some more O-line or just protection for Carr because I feel like that kind of was a weakness for him and being sacked. And so, yeah, it's interesting. It I think... If they have a strong draft, I think they can have a good season next year. That's what I was thinking. I mean, they need to have a pretty good draft to make sure 
things mm-hmm. look great. So, you know, looking at some tackles. I'm not saying get a yeah. tackle in your first pick. Right. But, you know, address a very big need. Maybe getting a running back. Maybe getting mm-hmm. a wide receiver. I know that wide receivers are going to be gone by then. But day yeah. two, wide receivers are great. Mm-hmm. You know, there's talk about Michael Mayer falling to the Saints, which I would love. Because, <laughs> I mean, he's basically like a, another Gronk. I know we say that about every time, but still. I know. <laughs> I mean, he's easy to compare to. <laughs> so I think with this, you know, they have a good strategy right now mm-hmm. and they have a great culture. I'm not worried about the defensive mm-hmm. players, you know, not wanting to restructure their contract because. They want to be there. You know, Cam Jordan right. loves being in New Orleans. So does Demario Davis and so does Marshawn. Um, you know, I think it's almost going to be like a copy of the Patriots and what they did with Tom Brady. I mean, Tom Brady was paid way less than he should have been at the Patriots, but he was willing to do that to get what the team needed, and it worked. Yeah. So, I mean, I can see that with some of these players, mm-hmm. too. And, I mean, there are going to be some surprising cuts. I mean, there was one time a few years ago where the Saints had to – release their punter. They had to release Thomas Morstead. That was hard. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, I know football for us is entertainment, but there is a business side to it it's as well. Business is business. And that's yeah. how this team is going to re- react. So we will keep you updated, but right now it's looking like he might be the best quarterback in the NFC South. Which I don't know if that says a lot, but I'll let you have it. Well, let's see. Who do they have in the NFC South? We've got Kyle Trask. We've got Desmond Ritter, mm-hmm. and we've got Sam Darnold, uh-huh. and Derek Carr. So, yeah, so there you go. Um, yeah, uh, not as good as I thought it would be because just a few <laughs> years ago we had, you know, Tom Brady, mm-hmm. and then we had Drew Brees and Matt Ryan, <laughs> and all of those players have been to a Super Bowl, and now we have – players who had never been to a Super Bowl or never been watching well, Derek Carr's been to a playoff game. Yeah, we'll take it. <laughs> so we will take it, but it is what it is. But that is going to do on this Tuesday episode of Jake's Take. As always, thank you so much for all the love and support. We couldn't have grown without everything that y'all do. As always, drop a like, drop a follow, subscribe, share this with your friends. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok, Twitter, Facebook at Jake's Take Podcast, or my personal Instagram, Jake's Still 14, or my personal Twitter at Soaked by Jake. You can find Christy on Instagram and TikTok at Christy Marie underscore double zero. As always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network, your home for all sports in different forms and varieties. We will be back on Friday recapping some other production news because it is franchise tag time. So we're going to be <laughs> updating all these players who are tagged and what it might mean for this because free agency is starting if it was anything like nba trade deadline because i really hope that the nfl says hold my beer for this <laughs> don't know if they will but a man can dream but as always thank you so much for all the love and support and everything that y'all do continue to be great be the best version of you can be bring smiles into this world continue to be a light in this world the world still needs a lot of light and as always you will see and hear from y'all later take care Bye.